Welcome to the What's Your Ethos podcast. Hi, I'm Peter Colas, the CEO of Ethos. Today, I talked with Mark Hallwiger, the CEO of Legal and General America, which is the largest issuer of term life insurance in the U.S. We discussed the company's single product focus, innovation across the customer buying journey, recruiting with the mission of protecting families, and how to cook delicious curries. So let's jump into it. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Peter, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So, Mark, you hail from the UK. How did you initially get into the business of protecting families before you came into your leadership role in the US? Well, uh, it's a bit of a journey. Um, so I, I was uh, born in a town called Wrexham, North Wales. Uh, I'm, a, I'm the son of a Polish refugee. And uh, so Wrexham is a mining steelwork town. So not, not much happening when it comes to uh, financial services industry, I'd have to say. And uh, Wrexham, unfortunately, high unemployment. So the way out of Wrexham was education. Uh, I managed to get myself a reasonable education uh, through the state system. And the one thing I knew is, well, I needed a job. Where are there jobs? Well, in the UK, the jobs are in London, in the south. It's where most of the money is. And then I thought, well, I'm going to have to do a degree where I can get a job. So what shall I do? Math, economics. I chose economics. So um, I went and studied in London. And um, after doing my degree, um, I sort of reflected and uh, thought, right, what industry do I go into? And in the UK, we're very strong when it comes to financial services. So that's how I got initially into working financial services. Saying that, my first part of my career was actually on the PNC side. So I was a PNC running businesses, uh, went up through a graduate scheme and basically ended up in, in senior management, then directorship of, of various PNC companies. Um, but then around about 10 or 11 years ago, um, I moved to Legal in General. Uh, they were the, one of the leading companies when it comes to life insurance. I'd done a, a good job for them on the PNC side. And so they thought, well, if you can do that in PNC and grow businesses and make, uh, make money, I'm sure you can do that on the life side. So they offered me an opportunity on the life side to run their brokerage business in the UK. So that's how I got into life insurance. Not many people make the jump from uh, one vertical line to the other. I think if you work outside the industry, you see all insurance lines as the same. And when you get into life insurance, you realize just how much of its own industry it is and how little oftentimes people who work in PNC know about life insurance. Yeah, you know, I'd agree with that. And, and it was unusual to do that, that move, especially actually as legal in general were the market leader. And so the thing I would say, though, and it's one of the things I, I, I really think is fantastic about legal in general, they're willing to take risks, calculated risks. We're very much about sort of data, but uh, what they will do is they'll look at people. And if you're delivering something in a business, those capabilities should be transferable. And when you go in from, for example, the PNC business into the life business, there are a lot of experts in that life business who understand the technical. But what you add maybe is that fresh approach, a different approach, um, and you can challenge some of those norms. And I think that can be an advantage when you have that. And like I say, so legal in general are willing to take people from, like I say, one part of their business and put them somewhere else. And I'm sure we'll talk at some stage then about the next move to the United States. So is, yet again, new challenge, new risks. Let's roll into that. How did the opportunity arise for you to come to your current leadership role as, as yeah, CEO so, of the USA business? Yeah, well, well, first of all, you know, 
to get opportunities in life, um, it's, it, you've got to be, you know, you've got to make things happen. And uh, within Legal in General, the other companies I've worked with, uh, I'm very proud of what I've achieved. And, and that's about delivering results. And the reality, I delivered some very strong results for the company in the UK, growing the business, making profits. And I did that through teams, uh, an ability to build great teams. And how it came about is my uh, group CEO um, had noticed the fact I was delivering for the company and uh, said, look, we've got another opportunity for you. Have you ever thought about going to live in North America? And I thought, well, it's a possibility. And I remember I went home that night to see my wife. And I said, I'd just spoken to the group CEO. And he just said, um, you know, how do you fancy maybe sort of, you know, North America ever thought about it? And I said, I've got a feeling I'm going to be offered an opportunity within the next week or two. And sure enough, I was offered an opportunity in the next week or two. So I, I said, to, uh, said to my wife, because it's about teamwork, you know, are we up for this new challenge? But do you know what? I, I love challenge in life. Uh, it's what life is all about. Uh, put yourself out of your comfort zone because you just learn so much more. And so, yeah, hence we ended up in the United States and, and we're loving it. And um, legal in general, America is the largest term life issuer in the U.S., I believe. So, you know, you, you guys are delivering amazing results, which is awesome for especially it's a it's a U.K. based company or the parent company is. Um, so you're crushing results. What do you kind of perceive as your biggest professional accomplishment? I think when you look at achieving great things, there's certain key things which you, you need to put in place. Uh, the first thing I would say is remember, I always say this, remember who pays your salary? Customers. Okay, I'm only here because of customers. Everybody who works in the organization are only there because of customers. So you have to do great things for your customers. But to do great things for your customers, you need a team. And you are only as good as your team. And I know people have said that attitude, but you know what? Do not underestimate that. Because what are you looking to achieve? To achieve profitable growth of the business, you need competitive advantage. A lot of people say to me, Mark, well, what's a competitive advantage you have? What do you build? Well, I say, do you know what? It's the most difficult thing for anybody else to copy. People, the team. Because anything else you can copy in general. Even if I build a great IT system, eventually you can copy that. But my people, the team that you build is really hard. And the team are the ones who come up with the ideas about the competitive advantage. So yes, they'll build great digital systems. Yes, they'll make processes quicker and easier. Yes, they'll be really market leading when it comes to building partnerships. But it all comes from the people. So I think... You know, for me, that's what I look to achieve. It's competitive advantage, but you do it by having fantastic teams. I'm realizing that you, even if you have a title, but you're just part of that team. That's all you are. And you've got to be making sure you are contributing to that team just as much as you expect things from every other member of that team. Yeah. I almost think due to the commoditized nature of insurance, it's like every company is given a blank canvas from which to build upon. And you can have two identical products or two identical starting points, but vastly different outcomes based on the execution of the team. 
Um, I, 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 I agree, you know, because the reality of it, the core, the core sort of product of term life, it should be very simple. And, it, you know, that's the whole thing. But like you say, it's then all those differentiators, so they do make a difference um, as to what the outcome and the experience is for the customer. So let's talk about legal in general. Can you give us a quick overview of uh, your products, how you go to market, uh, key differentiators from other carriers? Yeah, sure. So the the thing about um, legal in general, we, we keep our business models fairly straightforward because what that allows us to do is be truly focused on what we do. And what do we do? It is term life insurance. We sleep, eat, dream term life insurance. And it does give us a an advantage. A lot of our competitors, I, I, I view it like they're all trying to spin these plates, okay? And constantly they have to jump from one plate to the next plate because it's starting to wobble and it might smash that they have to spin that one again, they have to spin that one again. We just are spinning this term life plate, making it better than any of our competitors. And that, that gives us an advantage. And what are some of the things you'll see there for? So the first thing, you know, which which we have is, is the way we actually distribute it. So we are very digitally focused, uh, focused. it's omni-channel, and it is all around making things quick, simple, uh, leveraging digital technology. The other thing where we have an advantage is use of data, is how can we use data to make the journey quicker and faster for customers to get protected? Service, yet again, but yet again, it's all around technologies using robotics uh, and AI, yet again, to make things quick and simple. But then, do you know what? It's also important that we're giving products which are good value for the customer. And we are market leading when it comes to our pricing. And why? Because we sleep, eat and dream term life. We are very granular in our analysis about understanding how we price the product, more granular than our competitors. And the other thing as well is we are an international, large international company, which means also we can be very efficient in how we uh, manage and capitalize our term life business. So when you add all these things together, it gives a significant advantage um, in the market. And it's one of the reasons we are a market leader. But like I say, never be complacent. We've got to keep pushing. So we are constantly pushing, pushing, spinning that plate quicker, 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 quicker. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that's that's how we stay ahead of the game. The focus, the strategy of focusing on one product is an interesting one because the conventional wisdom in insurance is, hey, you sink this money into a into a platform, whether it's your underwriting, your actuarial, your you know financial reserving, your float management, et cetera, and then you want to amortize that platform with more and more products. But we have a saying in Ethos, and it actually came from Facebook's product team, which is don't confuse motion with progress, right? And sometimes it feels good to build a splashy new product and get into a new market line. But oftentimes the best thing that you can do is just constantly iterate on one large market that you're already in and, and racking up points on that scoreboard. Yeah, you know, I'd agree with you, Pete, because the other thing as well, the reality of it is, yes, we, we, are, we are market leaders, but we're only scratching the surface of the, it's such a big market. And also there are so many families who are not protected in the United States. The protection gap is, is, is huge. So there's so much opportunity within that term life. Now, one thing we do do, though, is, yes, we have term life, but we have iterations of term life. So what we do do is we expand around the core 
skill and capability of term life into other similar or term-like products. That, so that's how we tend to do our sort of broadening of expansion um, rather than going completely off um, to something, you know, very, very different within our core business, that is, yeah. So uh, since you took on your current role, when you think about all the points that you can innovate, whether it's in the buying experience from a technology perspective, from an underwriting perspective, you know, the accelerated shift to move digitally, which COVID brought on for many companies, uh, the customer experience, where have been your biggest focus points for innovation? And where do you guys, where do you feel like you've made the most progress? First of all, it would have been around the digital digital transformation. Uh, and so that is using sort of uh, digital journeys to make things quick, get rid of the paper. I could not believe how much paper was in the industry when I came here. And so get rid of the paper. I don't want to see paper. Um, Let's keep the trees, okay? I like right. trees. Let's go digital, okay? So the first focus was no paper. Um, so that's what we've done in our business. We are now digital. The next thing is, do you know what? Uh, we're asking basically too many questions when we shouldn't have to ask all these questions because there's data. Now, what's important is that customers are comfortable with the data you're using. But what we need to do, therefore, is using that data to get to quicker decisions and quicker outcomes. So our next big focus was using data and also certainly to cut down on the number of times you have to go and uh, have medicals, you have to get life insurance uh, and things such as this. So it's taking out all this sort of uh, those inconveniences for the customer using data to get quicker decisions. And I think those two have been huge focus in the first initial years. Um, but then so from that, like I said, I talked about the operations area. So yes, it's not only having a fantastic front end for the agent on how to actually uh, sell uh, or, or sell life insurance, but also then our back end that it's all digital as well uh, for our employees. And, and just to say the whole purpose of making things quicker and simple um, for an agent to, uh, to sell life insurance is to make sure agents therefore have more time to go and talk to more customers. Uh, you know, my view is an agent's time shouldn't be chasing paperwork, having to make lots of phone calls and waiting months to get a life policy. The agents, you know, for me is to tell a family, this is why you should have life insurance. So a family can make a conscious decision that, do you know what? Yes, I really would like that life insurance or not, but at least they've made an informed choice. And that's what our job is to do as a carrier is to give the agent time, more time to talk to more families. So I need to make the process of taking life insurance quick, simple and fast because it should be. It's, it's relatively inexpensive. It should be quick. And so when you think about how far, how much progress you guys have made in the last, let's say, three years, four years, right? It's 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 been more progress than in the previous, you know, 30 years, probably like, like most companies, if you play forward another 10 years or 20 years, how do you expect the uh, process to change even further and the customer experience to change even further? I, I, I think it will change probably beyond all recognition. Uh, and that's because it'll be driven by the customer, the expectation of the customer in a digital world. Uh, will be constantly changing. And it will be just taking the use of, of technology and using data. 
um, just to that next level. Uh, so I just things, see things being very, 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 very quick for a customer when it comes to uh, getting a life insurance, even a step change from where we are today. And so what we also need to think is, what capabilities do we need to be bringing into our business to make sure we can gear up to achieve those expectations of the customer? And if I look at my business, um, five years ago, actually, it was really interesting. I sat down with my uh, uh, VP of HR, and we looked at the change in mix of our FTE. And, you know, five, six years ago, it was bringing in a lot of um, services people, uh, underwriting, etc. Now, by far, the biggest chunk of people are data science, IT, actuarial. It's just a complete shift. And yet again, as, as distribution um, partners, I think as a distributor, you've got to work, think, okay, what sort of capabilities do I need to meet the future needs of the business? Because I pretty much guarantee you it will be different. And are you thinking about what it's going to look like in the future and making sure you have those capabilities because as I said at the start you're as good as your team you're as good as the people you have in your organization yeah I I almost think the best system is the UK system which for those you know our listeners who don't know because the UK has no contestability period cap meaning a policy can be contested 30 years into the future there's virtually no underwriting at the onset because people are incentivized users are incentivized to be transparent and so it's uh, you know less of a asymmetric uh, information relationship, and it's the interests are much more aligned. And it's almost so much innovation in our industry goes into into working around the regular the regulatory you know constraints of contestability periods. Um, yeah, what's my the reality of it? Is there's always challenges in in all markets. And uh, do you know what? And anyway, Peter, I'm sure you're the same as me. That's that's what gets me up in the morning. I'll challenge. Otherwise, life wouldn't be that interesting. If there was no challenge. And you know, the for me, the contestability um, side is it's important we work with our regulators. And you know, regulators are looking after customers as well. And we need to make sure we're aligned. And we also also have the same objective: protect more families. So for me, it's important we work with those regulators. And the whole thing around sort of the underwriting thing, I think using technology, using data, like I say, we we can work through these things. And that's why we're seeing the huge step changes now. Um, you know, look look at ethos, um, how fast, quick and efficient your journeys are. You're protecting more families. You're talking to families who might not have uh, sort of known about life insurance because, you know what, you're making it more accessible. So, you know, I think... The UK, too, has its challenges. All markets have challenges. Um, and I think what we're doing in the US, you know, actually, we've got things that we are sharing with our UK businesses because we are leading the way. Because sometimes if you have to fight harder, you learn more. And uh, so, do you know what? We're, we're picking up some very, very useful learnings as well, which we can share to our businesses across the globe. So what do you see as the biggest challenges our industry faces? I, I think it is around getting out and talking to customers and making sure customers make informed choice. That is our biggest challenge. Not enough distribution is talking to families. And 
you know, I, I always describe life insurance um, as it's, it's a bit, life is like going out to sea. Hopefully it's going to be plain sailing, nice and sunny. We all know the sea is not like that and life is not like that. And I always say to people, do you know what? So if you were getting in your boat with your family, would you at least want a life jacket? And that's term life. Now you might want more than that. You might want the rescue boat following you. Okay, that's going to cost a bit more. But basic term life is not expensive. It's like putting on a, would you go to sea without a life jacket? Well, life is even rougher than a sea. And for me, that's our biggest challenge that every family has a conversation with somebody, with a, with a broker, with an agent that says, look, that's what it is. And then it's up to you if you want to get in that boat without a life jacket, but you've made an informed choice. And, and that's what I think is our biggest challenge. Hmm. So in the context of the partnership between legal and general and ethos, what were your learnings in partnering with a tech startup? We, we probably weren't the first that you partnered with. Um, would, you rec- would you recommend it to others? Are there challenging aspects of it? Um, there are. I, I suppose one thing from my, my personal point of view, I, I've, I actually had my own tech startup, um, which, which I set up in two, right? two, yes, coverwise, uh, which, which I set up in 2008. And that gave me a lot of learnings. And, and one of the things as a tech startup, um, which you need, is you need a partner who's quick to respond. Um, you, you haven't got months. You haven't got years like some of these huge Goliath multinational corporates. You feel everything and you need to work at pace. And I think so, you know, the learnings is it's all about speed, speed of decisions. If you're going to say, if you're going to fail, fail fast, then try something, try something new, try something new, always push the boundaries and every 1% counts. So keep pushing every single day, 1% counts. And I think having that sort of mentality, and I, in, a, in a strange way, it's how I, I, I work in legal in general. I treat it as a startup. And, and maybe uh, I'd like to think, you know, Peter, when we first met, you could see in a, a sort of a synergy in our cultures and how we worked. And although we are a very large um, company, but... I'd like to think maybe it felt a little bit, ah, do you know, this feels actually quite startup mentality in how we sort of uh, just test, learn, constantly push, but it's all about speed, speed of ex- execution, critical. You guys are very considerate in that way. And you're right. You're always, as an early stage startup, you're fighting against a runway clock and especially going into insurance or as an insure tech, there's often a massive upfront product development if you're building a vertically integrated company. And, um, you know, you can only work as fast as your partners can, can integrate and launch new products with you. And it's a scary, you know, is the plane going to take off before the runway ends scenario? And you guys were ama- have been amazing partners for years now. So thank you for that, Mark. What did Coverwise do? So uh, Coverwise, basically, uh, it, it was an online digital broker selling travel insurance. So, and launched it uh, initially in Germany, uh, then into the UK, uh, then into Italy, and then into other European countries. And, and the whole sort of um, uh, thing which, uh, which I developed with, with my business partner was a plug and play repeatable model. So it was a digital platform, which we could literally plug and play around the globe. 
uh, and it's been become very very successful. Uh, it's it's a big brand and a, a market leader in a lot of those uh, countries. Uh, but like I say, I, I'm sure, like I say, over over a coffee sometime we can talk about similar sort of uh, challenges you face and yeah. the ups and downs yeah. of it and some of the learnings. And you know, I'm, I'm, and one of the learnings for me, you know, was very much is when a large supplier or carrier. Uh, let you down or said something was going to take uh, six weeks instead of five days, uh, the consequences on your business is, is huge. And you have to be able to pivot and move quickly. Um, you know, as a startup, you can't afford just to stand there and wait for things to happen. You have to constantly be looking and, and always having contingency plan and your ability to flex and move. And the other thing they always say is, you know, we all we all write plans, uh, but the minute you have contact, uh, they all start <laughs> changing very, very rapidly. And you know, but it's no different to you know running the you know uh, a business like this. Uh, you you set up a broad strategic direction and vision you're looking for. Uh, you you write out a plan, but like life, uh, it's a storm as well, and you'll have to pivot. You'll have to change, and it's it's that ability to adapt. And to have a look on the horizon, uh, I do find, you know, what I find sometimes people stay in the trenches too much. And as a leader, you've got to go up on the horizon and be looking forward uh, and have good people in the trenches because it's about the team. But you've got to be able to raise uh, and always looking forward and anticipating. Yeah. They say it's a thousand mile journey started by someone who doesn't know how long a thousand miles is. Otherwise, they would never start it. <laughs> I, like I think I've found I like that, that to be true. Um, but, yes. but, you know, but to your earlier comment about legal in general's nimbleness, you guys are a larger organization, but I think you're probably like pound for pound one of the most efficient carriers per employee. It's It's not a huge org compared to, you know, the, the mutuals or, uh, other carriers which have very large HQs accumulated over time. Yeah, no, it, and yet again, it's one of our advantages. It, it, I think often surprises people when um, they consider the scale of legal in general. You know, we're one of the biggest asset management companies in the world, um, like one, $1.5, $1.7 trillion, uh, big, um, big pension business, big life business. And then I say, yeah, you know what, well, circa 9,000 employees, and they're sort of, uh, seriously? I would have thought you'd have tens of thousands. And and why? And it's because we are very technology, digitally focused as, as, a, as an organization. Um, and that's, that's where we focus. And we have very skilled people working for us. But where we can use technology, uh, we use technology. I always remember being really impressed also with the efficiency of reinsurers in the U.S., life reinsurers, compared to the amount of money that they're managing. Like I remember, I think Munich Re... U.S. has about like 200 employees or something, and they're managing, I don't know, close to a trillion dollars as, you know, just amazing efficiency at scale. So when you look to the future, Mark, are there any products that you're really excited about? The thing about the future, I'm, I'm, you cannot underestimate the importance of just simple, straightforward product for me, like a term, term life. So I'm actually still excited, very excited about term life. Because for me, as I said in my analogy, it is that life jacket and it shouldn't be complex. It's a nice I, I don't think it should have too many 
things attached to it. Keep it simple. So for me, right, that is what the future is. It's it's the best option for 98% of families, 99% of families, when you just look at the math. Yes. Yes. Um, so, 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 you know, sometimes don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. And do you know what? Sometimes don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, <laughs> there's so much more we can do with this wheel. <laughs> so, you know, let's talk about your leadership. Um, we're in a business that has no one North Star metric, except maybe families protected. But you've got to consider growth. You've got to consider placement rates. Um, you've got to consider risk class distributions, approval rates, persistency, mortality, like so many different variables. When you press one in, another one pops out oftentimes. How do you manage that at scale and make a lot of progress very quickly and be comfortable with fast growth? Like you guys have been growing very quickly the last couple of years while keeping all of those variables well managed and in check. So, Pete, I was thinking about, do you have whack-a-mole in the US? Yeah, to, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of whack-a-mole. Um, actually, I'm, I'm glad you said, so no, no North Star, but, you know, to your point, the North Star and the vision, which, um, you know, I, I say at Legal in General is protecting families because it is a really great, because that's why we're all here. It's why we get up is to protect families. And from that, therefore, um, everybody understands their purpose. Because the other thing, you know, I, I spoke about, you know, it's all about customers. And it doesn't matter what you do in the business, everybody is helping. Even if you, even that's the wrong word to say, finance are helping protect families because finance, if my finance team can work out how I can capitalize my business more efficiently, that means I can pass it on to my pricing, which means that we can offer more competitive premiums at more affordable pricing for our customers. So, that no sort. So then when you talked about all these variables, so when a team has that one focus, the reality of it is all those whack-a-mole variables, but the team, because they know what the focus, yes, they will they will they will play each one of those variables, they will adapt, but everybody will be monitoring it against what is the vision, what is the focus of the business? Is it making us go quicker? Is it making us be better at what we do. And for me, by having that one focus in the business and that real drive to protect families, in a way, all those variables about placement, you know, it all sort of fits into place. And as a team, you prioritize which ones you think will actually uh, get you there quicker. And it's, it's no different to um, a sport. Or, or anything like that, you know, if you're in a team, there's so many variables you can you can work with. But, you know, as a team, if you're all focused on the same thing, you can work together to decide, you know, which ones which ones do we do we concentrate on the most? Yep. So you're a fantastic leader, Mark. How do you manage the business day to day? Well, first of all, it is about teamwork. Um, so what is key is having a really diverse team. Uh, so uh, my team are a very strong team. We're all quite strong characters, I'd have to say, and we're very different. But that's what great, creates great results because we will challenge each other, we'll constantly push each other, and that's what you want. And, and everybody is playing a key part in, in that team. And so for my, my role is um, 
is is also to sort of make sure I'm constantly going out of the weeds, looking on the horizon, looking what's happening about the direction we need to take that business. And it's very much about sort of tweaking and touching that tiller to make sure we stay focused on the overall objective. Um, you know, and a key thing on doing that is making sure you you everybody in the team needs to have focus and direction. And what's key for me is maintaining that communication, listening, and making sure everybody's absolutely on board about what we're trying to achieve as a business. So that's where a lot of our, you know, my focus will be as well. It's about uh, listening, communicating, and making sure I'm doing my bit for the team as well. You know, I always say, I don't, I don't care who kicks the ball in the back of the net, long as it goes in the back of the net, and we're not letting a load of stuff in the back end either. That's what it's all about. And uh, what do you most enjoy about a uh, leadership role and what do you least enjoy about it? The thing I, I most enjoy is the people you talk to. Uh, yourself, Peter, believe it or not. <laughs> it's, <laughs> Stop lying. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, the, the people you meet and the businesses you see, it's, 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 I find it stimulating. I find it interesting. You learn things all the time. Um, so the people aspect, I really enjoy. And uh, the thing, leadership, um, in fact, I have to get on a lot of aeroplanes. <laughs> I <Yeah>. must admit. <laughs> you know, the, the travel. And, you know, I think the one thing I would say about leadership is you do have to, there, there is a balance um, in, insofar as, you know, to, to uh, make a difference and, and lead businesses there is that balance around you've got to be willing to put yourself out and in uncomfortable positions and really channel challenge yourself and you know that's the one thing i've, I've done in, in in my life you know i came to america uh, i used to run emerging markets uh, i'd i'd get on a plane on a sunday evening and i'd land back home on a saturday morning um so you know uh, there are times when uh you yeah you 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 put a lot of work and effort in a lot of the time how many days a year are you traveling do you know what i i think i'd find it easier to answer you how many days a year am i not traveling oh man, oh, man. <laughs> so i think that would be yes yeah i'm going to be looking forward eventually when i don't pack a suitcase <laughs> yeah christmas in the united lounge i got it <laughs> yeah you got it so you know, you're surrounded by exceptional leaders at Legal in general, um, who you've attracted and retained. What is your secret to uh, convincing great people to join your mission? I think the first thing, and, and you know, when I talk talk to people, it is first of all uh, the what we're looking to achieve. Do you want to be part of that team about what we're looking to achieve? And then also setting out what your vision, what your strategy is. That it's, do you know what? Yeah, I get that. It, 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 it makes sense. And also I find it exciting. And I actually want to be part of that journey. That's what I find gets people in. And then once people are in the team, um, do you know what? It's, it's, it's a, it is a then about the teamwork, the collaboration. Uh, yet again, everybody pulling together to achieve that objective. Um, and that, you know, for me, it's not about it's not about money. It's not about things such as this. That's not a that's not why people in general don't get me wrong. People always need enough to be able to, you know, to, to do what they want in life. 
But actually what's more, more important is then those other things about sort of actually feeling part of something and wanting to be part of that team and the success, um, you know, what that team is striving for. And, and then I must admit, when you are having success, it does make it easier. Uh, you know, you look at any sporting team, you know, it's once it's on a roll, then everybody wants to be in the team. So it, it goes through sort of certain things. So when, when you, I always say to people, winning is easy. <laughs> Losing's a tough thing, but you learn so much more from losing. And it, it makes you much better, therefore, to sustain when you sort of things are going in a positive direction. Yeah. Great progress is important. And even if the output metrics aren't improving at the rate that you want to, you've got to see the input metrics and the input, you know, product development and business improvement happening at the pace that you want to, um, so that you can all be intellectually honest and convinced that the output metrics are going to improve at the rate you want them to. I, I so agree, Peter, because, you know, I always say to, uh, to people, uh, no activity in, I can guarantee you there'll be no activity. Yeah, else. correct. Yeah. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> okay. And it's really funny. You do lots of stuff, but it's doing the right stuff. You will get results. You know, to your point, the frustration, sometimes it might take a little longer than you would have liked. Um, but if you're doing the right stuff, it will have an impact. Um, and actually, one thing I just sort of make a mention, you, you know, challenges. The thing about when you do uh, change the way things operate, so putting in digital systems, I think one of the biggest challenges I found and I, I underestimated was the cultural shift of using digital technology. And two aspects, both the customer's cultural shift to using tech, so I'm talking about the agents, about using these new digital technologies, and also the team, the people I'm working with about using these new data sources and things such as this. And, and the analogy, you know me, I love analogies. It reminds me of uh, bank apps. And I'll be, put my hands up, you know, three years in, I've got my bank app, I'm still going into the branch. And they're saying, sir, you really can do this on your app. <laughs> now I never go into a branch. So it took me time to accept the technology that, you know what, I can do everything now on an app. And digitizing life insurance is just the same. You know, the agents who are used to doing it in one way, but now you can just do it all. You can do it all online. It's really quick. It's really simple. But like I say, it's that cultural shift is, is, is a big challenge to get that and, and educating how these new systems work. Yeah. I hate going to the bank. And I used to be a bank teller. I was the only bank teller who <laughs> balanced his register perfectly every day I was there. So... I could imagine, Peter. It's good accounting <laughs> <No> money. <mistakes. laughs> um, all right. So let's do a lightning round to get to know Mark. Five fast questions. All right. Favorite place to vacation? Uh, St. Lucia, the body holiday, which is a fitness training camp. Sorry, sad, but I don't like lying on beaches. <laughs> it sounds like there is no vacation for Mark. Never a day off. <laughs> Favorite sport to watch or play? Uh, I'd be, I'm, I'm a big, I like to play more than watch. If it is watching, it'll be soccer. Playing, used to be a big rugby player um, and soccer player. Uh, and now I, I, I race small racing dinghies competitively at, at Annapolis. So it'd be, I love sport. I must admit, I do a lot. <laughs> what uh, position in rugby? Uh, I used to be center. Okay, cool. I used to be a lock. Uh, I know. It's uh, the best I, game I, I on the planet. Best game, I did break a lot of bones. I'll be honest yeah. with you, especially yeah. as I got older. 
yeah, yeah, I should have passed the ball a little bit more when these young big guys were hitting me. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Now I play chess and think about life insurance. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, what's the last subject or topic that you went really deep on that didn't have to do with work? Cooking a curry from scratch, including... The, uh, the the nut butter. So I, I never maybe I should have known this, but basically, you know, the the core obviously your core ingredients. You've got ginger, you've got garlic, but then the big one for me was the the butter sauce, where you literally you can get cashew nut or peanut, yeah. you put them in a processor, and it goes into the butter, and, and that's what you use as a thickening. And Amazing. it's an alternative to cream. It's so much healthier than cream. It's 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 lighter while still being rich and thick. Cashew uh, powder is like the secret. It is, isn't it? So yeah, so I, I went deep into because I, I love food, I love cooking, uh, and I thought I'm going to learn how to make curries from absolute scratch. So that's what I went deep on. Last book you read? Hmm. Actually, Ordinary Men. So yeah, it's it's a bit. Of, I I. I I, I, I'm really interested in people, which you probably picked up, but also what motivates people and and how they can get influenced by peer groups and socioeconomic um, effects in societies. Uh, and it does teach you, you know, that society is on quite a thin line. And so, yeah, it's, 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 it's not a holiday read, I'll be honest with you, Peter. It's, it's quite a, a deep... <laughs> thoughtful book but uh, i thought it was a very well written book best advice you've ever been given treat others as you'd like to be treated yourself and and, I, and yeah and you know what I, I i always if i'm making a decision about anything i always try to put myself in that person's shoes and think how would i feel about that how how would that affect me um i just think it makes you make better decisions and, you know, especially you sometimes have to make very difficult decisions. So always try and put yourself in, in somebody else's shoes. And then there's one other thing, big one, self-responsibility. So if you want to achieve something, you can achieve it. Self, no, don't be a victim. Don't be a persecutor. You can, if you want to make something happen, you can make something happen. Everybody has challenges, and I know some people have more challenges than others. But for me, it's about self-responsibility. And uh, if you don't make it happen, it was because you know what you just didn't make it happen. Uh, if, if 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 I don't, you know, if I don't achieve something, I don't look. Oh well, that was happening, or the market was this and this. No, no, I just I didn't make it happen. I didn't do the right actions, and so self-responsibility for absolutely everything. Wonderful. Well, Mark, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks for taking the time. And hopefully everyone got a lot out of this and learned about you and the industry and your amazing company. So appreciate it. Peter, thank you. Really enjoyed the talk. See you soon. See you. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of What's Your Ethos? If you're interested in helping to protect the next million families, come join us. You can learn more about ethos at ethoslife.com. I'll see you next time.